guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View with me, Camila. Hello everybody, welcome, welcome back, welcome. If you're new, I'm a 22-year-old college student from Argentina having a lifestyle career-based podcast that shows you that life is easier if you consider things from a different point of view. Hello everyone, I've been recording really long episodes, so I'm going to try to keep this intro as short as possible, so you just listen to the episode but maybe a little bit of an update here in Argentina COVID is exactly the same as we last as I last left you and I was gonna wait I was gonna record this intro yesterday Thursday and I'm recording this today Friday just because today there were new restrictions that were going to be announced and actually there are no new restrictions just we're continuing with the old restrictions for three more weeks so yeah it's kind of crazy and also midterm season is kind of coming for me in three weeks and then final season will be right around the corner and it just gives me so much anxiety so I'm trying to breathe in breathe out and kind of come back to myself uh something that's been helping me a lot are Cindy Cummings challenges I love her workouts daily so I don't know maybe that's a little bit of a life update weekly review I don't want to do the usual weekly review because they're sometimes so long and it's not really worth it. But yeah, I've been loving Sydney Cummings workouts, coffee. Also, want to thank everyone for all the beautiful comments, DMs, everything about my one year anniversary. I really, really appreciate it. I really thought one year after the podcast was going to be like a different situation. Like I could hang out with my friends, maybe go out to lunch or something. But that wasn't possible, but it's okay. My family got me a cake, which you can see on my Instagram. It was so cute, so nice. And yeah, I still celebrate it and I'm happy I did anyway. So yeah, that's kind of what, what happened this week. And I have so many exciting episodes coming up for this new year. Like I have the next one, two, like the next four, five episodes already recorded. And they are amazing. And this episode is one of my favorites because it mixes my two true passions one would be this podcast I love this podcast and having it and talking about whatever I want and I mix it with my true passion which are international relations and American politics and that's one of my favorite things to do I know you guys love it when I do that too because one of my most recent episodes well my most recent episode ever is with Christy Vetter and we talked all about international relations at the beginning so I kind of know that you guys liked it and I've, I was so excited to record this episode and this episode is just so nice to listen to. It was And this episode was so nice to record. It was literally a conversation between two friends. So before I get any more into the episode, I just want to say that this episode is with Miss Sarah Mora. She is a storyteller, a digital strategist and an artist. She is also, she was born in Costa Rica and she is an immigrants rights activist she's also the founder of population mike which is the think tank initiative focused on making storytelling storytelling tools accessible to storytellers and activists across the u.s and globally and she's a daca recipient herself and she has dedicated her youth to strategizing ways to support in her community i mean she also was in 2018 uh, the co-president of the Women's March Youth Empower National, like the youth branch of the Women's March. And yeah, I mean, she is amazing. I don't want to tell you more about her. So you just stay and listen to what she has to say about herself, because basically in this episode, we talked all about her story and it's a little bit in a Spanglish thing. So she says some things in Spanish and as you know, my first language is Spanish. So I understood her, but then she said it in English. So you're not going to lose anything. We talked about her story. I mean, when she began being like an immigrant rights activist and how she ended up actually kind of suing. Not kind of. She literally sued the government of the United States. The president of the United States at the time was Trump and she won. Yes, you heard me correctly. She won. Insane. And yeah, we talked all about that. We talked about her thoughts on the Biden administration, which I think it was a really nice thing to talk about because I feel like sometimes I feel like with Biden and the 2020 elections, there's a momentum that was kind of lost. And I feel like 
we need everyone needs to still be aware of what he's doing when it comes to this not just what he's saying which is so important we also talked about who she admires in the united states government which i admire too alexandria casa cortez she's our queen you can listen how we gush about her in this episode which is so exciting and yeah at the beginning we talked a little bit about her mental health and how she's doing because i think it's really important when someone is kind of being used as a human as an immigrant's right activist and as the face of all of this it's so hard and also being so young it's so hard to then be able to process it and be able to sit with yourself especially after a, a year with the pandemic and kind of being forced to slow down and being forced to look back and being like wow yeah so yeah, so she recently also has been on the Girlboss Radio podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts, and she's also have a, has a campaign with Banana Republic. She's also has been working with HBO Max. I mean, she's doing the thing. She's amazing. She's the best. I had the best time chatting with her. She truly is amazing. And this conversation, I was listening back to the episode before recording this intro, and literally the conversation just makes me smile all the time because it was it literally sounds like two friends talking and i truly consider her one of the best best people i've ever had on this podcast and i'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation so i just gonna shut up right now and i'm just gonna leave you with the conversation but if you enjoyed this episode please 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 leave a review on our podcast tell me from which episode you're coming from so i know which episode you liked and which episode you listened and it would help me a lot so I can grow this podcast more and I can reach more people. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I'm just going to leave you with the episode. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View. Today I have a very exciting guest. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for being <laughs> here so if you want you can give a little bit of an introduction like name age location occupation and we'll get onto the episode yeah um hi everyone my name is sarah mora i am many things and amongst those i am a storyteller a digital strategist a poet um an immigrant rights activist and i'm really passionate about the power of our individual stories um and the power of combining creative tools in the fight for human rights at large. Um, and I grew up in New Jersey, but I was born in Costa Rica. And um, the work I do is really personal to me. So it definitely wasn't a random choice. And I didn't just like checklist my way through what I do. It was definitely super crazy, to, for lack of better words. But I'm excited to be here and to be able to talk a little more about you know the ins and outs of the day-to-day life <laughs> yeah I love that and actually I love your story and we'll get onto it a little bit after I ask you one question that I do with every guest but actually here in Argentina we had a big economic crisis back in 2001 and I had to immigrate with my family to Panama which is right next to Costa Rica so I went through a lot of the culture there and I think they're very similar and yeah I, I love to hear your story about that and all of that so yeah <laughs> I love that but I asked this to every guest and we were talking a little bit about before we started recording so I just want to put like mental health and just giving an, a place to my l- listeners to know that people maybe are not so fine every day with everything going on and to li- the guests just to know that they have a safe space where they can talk about how they're actually feeling so how are you really doing today <laughs> How I'm really doing today is today was a little bit of a weird day. I think um, more than one time today, I've wanted to just cry and to just, um, you know, just not do the the hundred things I put on my to-do list. But I went out for a walk and it was about an hour walk and I went to the grocery store and I've noticed that those two things um, individually and together have been helping me feel a little more at peace rather than forcing joy. I've been looking more for things that bring me peace or that bring me like, like that moment when you're really thirsty and you drink that cold cup of water. Mm. I want to feel that mentally and I want to feel that physically. And so I've been looking for those things that will help me feel that rather than things that just cure the urgency, right? Sometimes we, we feel sad and we go for a burger and you know, sometimes you need the burger, but sometimes what you really need is to cry 
Sometimes what you really need is a cup of water or coffee with a friend. So I've been trying to find myself, find within myself what those little cups of water are outside of uh, maybe mechanisms that don't really help me, right? Because a lot of times, um, especially in a time where it's hard to have that conversation, like what are things that, you know, again, you don't have to be here never eating the food that's not good for you, but sometimes you don't need the food that's not good for you. Sometimes you do need, again, a bowl of fruits and you might not be able to get it as easily, but sometimes if you just remind yourself that you're worthy of that bowl of fruits, you you might make yourself go get it. Um, but... But yeah, that's how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling, I'm feeling soft. I'm feeling like a little vulnerable today or very vulnerable actually. And yeah, I'm kind of craving like having coffee with my friends. Tener un café con los amigos para hablar un poquito, llorar un poquito. Oh yeah, don't even say that. I miss my friends oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. It's just, it's crazy. I feel like I have felt the same way as you a lot last year and the year before. But the year before, I just put a lot of things on my to-do list. Since we were all like hustling and doing things, I was like, well, I don't even care what's going on in my mind. Let's just get through the day and do what we have to do. And then 2020 came around and I was like, whoa, there are so many things that I have Girl. to deal with now that I am alone. Yes, that is like, whoa. And in 2020, I'm, I'm really proud to say that I did most of the work and, you know, I kind of, yeah, got through most of it. Uh, but again, as I told you before, like I had a huge crying episode last day because senior year of college is coming away, uh, coming their way, and I got a lot of unsolicited advice about what I should do next, and it's like I... oh so overwhelming, <laughs> and it's like wow, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So yeah, just I love how open you are with how are you really doing because. Sometimes you need to hear that not everyone is doing so fine and so butterflies and sunshines as you see on Instagram, you know? And I got used to like also like posting a lot and talking a lot and like always being on top of everything online. And I think after last year, I thought about it a lot. I'm like, I don't feel like the same person. I don't think any of us are the same person. No. But I do think some people will still choose to react however they want to. And some people will go back out and be the same way they were before, despite what they experienced. For me, it's not like that. For me, it's like, I'm still super social. I'm still super like happy to meet people. But I think now I'm like, damn, like I was always about keeping it real online, like how the situations we really went through and all this stuff. But now with more reason, because I'm like, okay, like we're talking about realities in politics, right? And realities in our communities in the United States. Yeah. How about our mental health? And how about the fact that it's mad hard to even think about starting to go to therapy because you're like, everything else is more important than that in the to-do list. And that's been shocking to yeah. me. I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I told my friend, I'm like, the fact that it's been mad hard to start therapy, but we could pay for other things shows just how difficult it is to really get to the root of the problem. There's like a hundred decorative, like, you know what I mean? Ways to appear fixed, but like, and there's no fixing, right? It's just a, a whole lot of trauma that we can't fix overnight, but that I do think um, after COVID, I'm thinking more about like, even in these conversations, how do we talk about how like, yeah, I'm doing this. And I did a campaign with Banana Republic and I'm working with Reebok and I did it, I did it, but we're not robots. No puede ser que yo les dé una lista de yeah. cosas de 25 cosas que he hecho con 25 compañías y no le diga, ¿y cómo está usted, Camila? ¿Y, y cómo nos va? ¿Y qué le gusta tomar en las mañanas? Right? And I think about that because in the American culture, especially, if things are overnight, right? People are just, you race, yeah. you're, especially in the East Coast, so close to New York. Pero es tiempo de que confrontamos eso y digamos, no, hay cosas más profundas. ¿verdad? Necesitamos cosas más profundas, period. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 and conversations also, like, I feel like everyone now is like, wow, spring is starting, and everyone is just so happy all of a sudden, and it's like, it's not easy to go through something like we're going through, and even just getting out of a situation like a pandemic, I feel like we all kind of found, or at least personally, and I think that a lot of people feel the same way, we all found, found comfort in quarantine and being inside and in our spaces, in our routines and going back, it's like, whoa, 
I need someone to tell me how to go through this, take my hand and lead the way because I just, I'm so comfortable where I am right now that just getting out of here is also even crazy. So exactly. yeah, and also I think May is coming. I mean, May is not coming, but it's like the next month and May, I always take it as a mental health month because everyone talks about it. Like May is mental health, whatever. And I just feel like we shouldn't wait for May to have important yeah. mental health conversations. And also, right. I feel like I am always the one that just is like, yeah, go to therapy is the best thing. I did therapy for like five years, but it's so hard to sit with yourself and be like, hey, maybe I also need therapy, not yeah. just the people online, you know, to sit and say like, hey, I also maybe need help. <laughs> with being online, that's the pressure that I'm like, okay, we're online. And sometimes people think you have the answer to everything because mm -hmm. you have a platform and because you're so active and it's like that's when I was like I've never had the luxury nunca había tenido el lujo de poder separar lo que hacía en el internet de mi persona aunque suene loco mm -hmm. like suena un poco intenso yeah. no había tenido esa oportunidad todo lo que hacía en el internet se, se terminaba regando a mi vida personal y después de COVID like I mean cumplí 24 años el año pasado and I'm like holy crap like where is my private life like where is my no, I don't have an answer to that. Where's my boundaries? And I'm like, it's taught to us from where we're really young, but then we have a choice. ¿Verdad? Tenemos esa decisión de decir, no, no va a ser así, no puedo ser así más. You know, like I have to change these things. But it definitely is hard though. So we also got to say that. It's not, it sounds very good mm -hmm. as it's out of my mouth, but it's hard. And unlearning that you don't owe, you don't owe anyone anything besides yourself. Like the way you, you know what I mean? That's the hardest part for me, I feel like. Yeah. As a girl, as like everything I play in, I'm just like, mind your business, Sarah. Sometimes you really just got to mind your business <laughs> and take care of you. Yeah. Hmm. Girl. Yeah. I 100% agree with everything we're talking about. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation because, again, I feel like it's missing everywhere. It's just people remember when it's War Mental Health Day or Mental Health, whatever. And it's like, no, we go through this every day. And I feel like we all talked about it at the beginning of the quarantine, like, hey, take care of your mental health, whatever. And then everyone just forgot about it. Like, it's on the back burner. And I'm like, no, it should be. Health, it's it's like just as important as your physical health for me. And, and I've had times when my... Yeah, of course. And I had times where my mental health affected my physical health with it ended up affecting me going to school, me doing this, me doing that. So I don't know. I feel like we should talk more about it <laughs> all the time. I couldn't agree more. But then I wanted to talk a little bit more about you, your journey and everything you go through. You went through through your life and your career to get to where you are today. So I know you had this whole story about being undocumented and I feel like I really appreciate you being so open about it because I don't feel many people are open about it. Or there's in America, there's this like stereotype of what an immigrant looks like or what an immigrant does or what an immigrant, whatever. And I just, I really love the fact that you're just taking down all of those stereotypes and stigmas. And yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about your whole story, like for the people that may not know you, why did you became an immigrant rights activist and I know you're part of the DACA program, what the DACA program actually is, because I know kind of what it is, but I'm not very familiar with it here in Argentina. We don't have anything similar to that. So yeah, <laughs> just a little bit about your experience. <laughs> of course. Well, in 2012, under the Obama administration, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals was passed. And that's a temporary protective status that's included in a list of about nine protected statuses across the U.S., meaning that mm -hmm. DACA is only one of the many legal stat. I mean, I'm sorry, of the many temporary statuses that exist. In 2012, when yeah. it passed, I was a sophomore. I was in my second year of high school. And so, cupe, o sea, encajé en un grupo de personas que estaban en la high school recibiendo DACA, pero habían personas de 30 que cuando pasó DACA en 2012 les cambió la vida porque habían sido indocumentados completamente antes de eso. Yeah. Pero yo me gradué con ya dos años de tener DACA y DACA nos daba y nos da licencia, permiso de trabajo y una, y una tarjeta de seguro social. Y con eso podemos manejar, wow. podemos trabajar um, uh, legalmente, aunque con limitaciones. Um, no podemos salir del país y en ocho estados han pasado ayuda financiera 
um, pero el resto no. Entonces, personas, aunque tengan DACA, no pueden recibir um, ayuda institucional, pero muchas personas indocumentadas paguen taxes. So, eso es una referencia que siempre hago porque las personas malentienden las poblaciones migrantes, ¿verdad? En Estados Unidos. De afuera he escuchado muchas yeah. cosas donde las personas dicen, oh, no quiere, no, está triste de ser indocumentado, like, go back to your country. And like, you're undocumented, right? You should have done that the right way. But like, there is no right way. Like, there is no viable pathway to no. citizenship in the U.S., regardless of how many years you've lived here. You cannot just apply for it, right? And so some countries are protected under certain statuses, including El Salvador y otros países um, uh, que caen de bajo, uh, bajo una cierto estatus uh, de asilo y refugio. Um, pero eso no es DACA. DACA es simplemente un estatus temporario que se renueva cada dos años. Y um, en 2014, cuando me gradué de la high school, dos años después de que Obama, la administración, puso DACA delante um, como una opción, uh, entrevisté al presidente de Costa Rica y le hablé sobre DACA. So, no tenía conexiones directas a él, sino que el consulado invitó a personas locales costarricenses a hablar con él. Wow. This, yeah, fui con mi mamá, nos That's so cool. Yeah, and, <laughs> you never really have a, a direct line to a president. <laughs> no, right. nowhere, really. Right. Exactly, of course. Um, and it, it went viral and like he was shocked himself. He was just like, well, I don't know what DACA is. But he laughed and he was like, well, you're young, you're 17. Like, what do you know about DACA? And like, what can I do about it? And I mean... I was mind blown. I was like, you're the president. Are you dumb? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you not know? You're supposed to know everything, yeah. right? En una inocencia, pues, el presidente iba a hacer todo. Pero no sabía. No sabía lo que era. And mm -hmm. I was like, all right, like, this is an opportunity to tell him what he can do about DACA, right? And after that I started community college Universidad Comunitaria y estudié Relaciones Internacionales y diplomas, Diplomacia y um, ah, I'm doing International Relations now ¿Sí? too oh my god I love it yeah I love it so much so so much I love it yeah más porque pienso los líderes right of countries and of companies should have dip diplomatic minds we need more leaders in power that think of themselves yes locals, <laughs> that think of themselves as global citizens and understand yeah. the power of policy at a national level and how it impacts global uh, politics. But again, coming from a low-income city, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be able to understand this. Yo, yo crecí, verdad, en, en, no en una escuela ni en, ni en una comunidad de gente millonaria para entender esta conversación. Y la verdad es que la diplomacia es bastante fuera de acceso para las comunidades que más necesitan saber de esto, right? Entonces... It's like a red circle group that only talks about them and in their own vocabulary and they don't ever open up. And that's my biggest thing with diplomacy. It's like, let's open up this conversation. Like, it's so important. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, that's always what made me mad. I'm like, Camila, yo, yo siempre me ha sorprendido. ¿Cómo es que estamos teniendo conversaciones en forums globales y que yo no sé qué, yo no sé cuánto? Qué fácil es tener poder sobre un pueblo que no sabe que esos liderazgos existen. Ahora despierten el pueblo y déjale saber que están habiendo reuniones donde no están siendo incluidos y decisiones están siendo tomadas, ¿verdad? A su ventaja. Let's In their name up. also. Yeah. Oh, right. right. Ahí ya se pone la conversación diferente. Y, um, pero lo, yeah. lo, lo loco, the crazy thing that happened is, girl, girl, you're not ready for this part of the story. Plot twist, Camila. Oh. Okay. Girl. <laughs> 2014, I interviewed the president. I start community college. I didn't have good grades in high school. So I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't, I didn't have like a big pathway for college. It was just, tuve el chance de renovar mis grados, verdad? And I did, I did fine. Estoy por transferirme a la universidad en 2017 to be, to study diplomacy. Y Trump ya había sido elegido ya un año. Trump anuncia, mm -hmm. literal, el otoño que me había graduado que va a terminar DACA que lo va a rescindir. No. Cinco años después. I so remember that. I so remember that. I so remember that. Mujer. I remember it. That was a scary day. And I always feel like, was it though, Sarah? You were about to... And I'm like, no, don't gaslight yourself, Sarah. 
I know why it was scary. It was scary because I'm like, first of all, DACA is random. DACA no es un estatus legal, tempora, eh, permanente. Es un estatus temporario, right? So we're all ready. Estamos caminando así en un hilito. And then they say Trump rescinded DACA. And I'm supposed to transfer to a school. The school me quita la beca y dice... Ellos siempre decían, uy, somos DACA friendly, DACA friendly. Yo no sé qué, lo dicen para que, ¿me entiendes? Se les ve bien. And they took the, the scholarship away, like literally yeah. a month before. Y yo les pregunté, un mes antes de las clases, ustedes me están quitando esta beca. Así que dijeron que eran dreamer friendly. And they were just like, yeah, like, sorry, we, we, dice que un error que habían hecho. And I was like, give me my money back. <laughs> and they tried to steal. Otra vez me trataron de dar como mil dólares. Trump terminó de que yo dije, ya no, ya no voy a continuar a la universidad en 2017. Voy a empezar a organizar 24 horas 7. Ya lo estaba haciendo part-time, ¿verdad? Por aquí, por allá. Siempre parte de cosas comunitarias. Pero ahora digo yo, ya no. A dedicarse full, 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 full-time. Y de ahí fue, girl. This is a crazy story. This is why I'd be so tired. Okay, listen. I freaking started working with the board. Yeah. Y les conté la historia que, oh, I'm documented, yo no sé qué. Y me pusieron a hacer prensa. And I ended up doing press with the governor of New Jersey. So I went viral and now, not with the president Whoa. of America, but with the New Jersey state. And then he started to pull me for press conference. Oh, you want to go speak here? I'm like, all right. I was like, what, 20? And girl, it just started to get more and more and more and more until he, me, me escribieron y me dice, Sara, quiere hacer el Pledge of Allegiance en la inauguración del gobernador? And I was like, what? Are you serious? I did that. <laughs> Crazy. My mom, my, wow. my mom went, mi mamita estaba sentada en el, en el público, en el corazón. <laughs> mi papá no pudo ir. Imagínese, mm. mi mamá sentada ahí y yo introduciendo al gobernador del estado de Nueva Jersey delante de todos los elegidos políticos democráticos de la historia. That's some crazy stuff. Insane. Tengo que escribir un libro porque no es así como, uy, me estoy tirando flores, sino que qué loco. O sea, wow, ¿me entiende? O sea, yo compartí la historia por, como dicen Costa Rica, por varas. ¿Verdad? Like, just, okay, let's do it. But then it turned into something crazy. Casi se me olvidó el Pledge of Allegiance. Will you believe me if I tell you that? Le pregunté al, 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 a la seguridad que protegía al gobernador. I was like, um, to Secret Service. I'm like, do you know the Pledge of Allegiance? He was like, you forgot it? And I was like, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. Girl, I forgot the Pledge of Allegiance. It was a mess. Lo escribí en un papelito. Oh, my God. Y ese día fue loco. Trabajé en esa organización por literal... Ocho meses más, pasaron cosas feas, vi cosas feas. Se abusan demasiado de las historias de las personas que las, las organizaciones representan. Y por eso mi pasión por la, contar la historia. Porque las historias son productos para mm. muchas personas y espacios. Entonces, para bien y para mal, las historias son usadas. Y las personas no, mm. no quedan con ese valor de sí mismos, sino quedan como un objeto usado por capitalismo para defender sus comunidades. Y eso no tiene que ser así. Yo quiero ser parte de la generación y las personas que cambian la intención por la cual usamos las historias, ¿verdad? Más las historias de trauma son, un, son una, una arma en el movimiento de derechos humanos. No es un objeto para el cual ser usado y dejar a las personas expuestas y usadas. Girl, me fui de esa organización. Oh, my God. Mentira, mentira. Me sacaron de esa organización. They were like, we don't have no more money for your role. Why? They, they, it was always like that. It's like they never had money for social media stuff, pero querían que uno ap apareciera. Le preguntaban a uno que apareciera en prensa, ¿verdad? O que manejara redes sociales, but they didn't have money for it. Okay, whatever, you know, we let it go. In the, in the moment, we just got to keep going. But I ran for president of Women's March. Have you heard of Women's yeah. March? And they yeah, said... Yeah, of course. I, I love... The youth branch. So, <laughs> la rama de los jóvenes corrí para presidenta y yo, jamás... <laughs> jamás me van a elegir. Obvio no. Like, obvio no, ¿verdad? Amiga, amiga, ya usted sabe lo que va a pasar, ¿verdad? Me llamaron y me dijeron, oh, va a ser... You won. That's it. Like, I got elected as co-president. Girl. Oh, my oh. God. I was crazy. 
crying. I had just got out of a breakup, an eight-year breakup con un muchacho. Y tenía el corazón espedazado en mil doscientas billones de pedazos. But you know, no lo mostraba lo que sea, ¿verdad? Right? Y cuando me eligieron, I feel like I felt like I found like hope again, you know? Me acordé por qué empecé esto y que era tan importante y es tan importante para mí el legado y like, ¿me entiendes? Trabajar con otras personas que tienen la misma pasión. And then I was president for a year and I ended up at the border and been working for with the border communities, the largest border in Los Estados Unidos, como uh, voluntaria de estrategia digital para amplificar y crear ecosistemas digitales mm. para las comunidades fronterizas por dos años. Y por eso construí Micrófono Población, que es para amplificar historias y, uh, por decir, mezclar la, la prensa y que la prensa pare de ser la que controla toda la opinión, sino que sean comunidades pequeñas hablando y que, entiende desorienten todo el mensaje. Y, amiga, esa es, esa, es, esa es la historia, ¿ok? El año pasado fue más loco, pero... I am just it feels crazy. Wow, is going on like it's a lot. Wow. Now I know what you what you were talking about. Like I feel like you've gone through so much that now you need time to kind of process it and how it affected you personally because you became this big public figure everywhere and Bye. I don't even know if someone's asked you like, hey, how are you dealing with this? <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> Yeah, obviously it was an honor, but it was still overwhelming. Like, just because it's an honor doesn't mean mm. that I'm you're like, I'm so amazing. No, I was like, girl, I'm exhausted. Am I worthy? Like, no tengo ni lo que se requiere. ¿Qué es lo que se requiere? What am I doing? Like, you know, it's overwhelming. And we just did it. We, we showed up, but it was definitely tiring. And it's, it's for moments like this where we get to share that. Pero también para lo mismo que te cuento that now I'm like, I don't want to be home. I want to be traveling. I don't want to be home. I want to be throwing <laughs> a protest, right? About the border. Or I don't want to be home. I, I want to do this. And it's like, sit down. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> sit down with your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Continue therapy. Like, you need to sit. You know, that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I am just so impressed by your stories amazing you totally need to write a book and i will be there <laughs> cheering you on for that book because i feel like your story is amazing and again i feel like of course this is a podcast and we have limited time but so to be quote-unquote used as a public figure and as a figure for immigration as we said organizations use you when they need you and then, then they let you go and then being like okay now i have to find something else and then i have to find something else and then these people want me oh they don't want me anymore and it's like you were so young also like we we kind of think of our value when it comes to our job all of the time it's and when you are used like that so like yeah it's not, nothing ever is stable when people want you as a public figure and then you all of a sudden are like whoa what am i what do i do what are my qualifications you know so like it feels por eso mismo, what you said where it's like this is that's the time where i should have been in college right i shouldn't have been talking before like we also spoke before the senate of the freaking government of the united states so it's like wow. and then part of a lawsuit against the trump administration demandamos al gobernador hey, i'm sorry al presidente de los estados unidos right y ganamos. So it's like doing things of that nature. I don't even remember them because I'm like, did that really happen? And that's when my mentor was like, no, you need to stop being humble and you need to sit and talk about this and talk about the power of defying status quo, especially as a young undocumented girl. Like what? I'm supposed to be just, you know what I mean? I'm supposed to be yes. a statistic. Like, girl, bye. Y por eso es que me gusta por conversaciones más relajadas donde hablamos de lo poco y intenso que es todo eso porque la gente dice ay siempre you're amazing but it's like let's talk about how crazy that is okay like girl I'm drunk mm -hmm. but <laughs> you need a podcast girl you need to I have a podcast where March, one episode like, is one crazy thing yeah I know I was gonna start it lo voy a pensar en marzo pero después yo que voy a tomarme un poco de meses más para pensar en todo verdad porque <laughs> yeah it's a whole process yeah it's a whole process but wow I, i'm still kind of processing it myself <laughs> like you oh my god you 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 literally sued the united states government and you won like 
Wow. Period. That's insane. Period. <laughs> like, I feel like you should sit down with your own resume and you see everything that you've done me. and kind of process it. By you literally parts. just made me pull out a white paper and I'm going to write that I sued the president of the United States of America and I won because that. And I mean, one of the craziest, and he, because he was so not good at his job, he became so famous. Like, everyone here talked about Trump all the time. So saying that you sued him and you won, I mean, I am, wow, just insane. Like, well, yeah, well, I, I don't know where to go after that. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just, and also as an international relations major and student and lover, just hearing your story is so interesting and so amazing. I feel like, yeah, that's um. crazy. But I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this conversation because, again, a lot of times when I'm having these conversations, I don't have the chance to sit on every moment. Y siento que cada detalle que hemos tocado, you, you've helped me through this conversation to think about what I'm saying. And I love that about you because it's like, again, we can we can talk 24-7, girl. Camila, vos sabes, like, we can meet people 24-7 that are communicators, but a lot of the beauty of storytelling... Oh, My mom's half asleep bringing me a coffee. Um, like the beauty of storytelling is making others be like, oh my God, that's your story. And I love you for that. I love you from afar. And I send you a big hug because life is about those moments, right? Life is about me showing others like, look at you. You look amazing, you know? And I just, I'm, I'm so happy right now. This really made my month a lot better <laughs> oh my god stop i love it i love it and i love your spanglish it gives me life i wish i could switch back from english to spanish so easily i cannot i bet you can i bet you can <laughs> even better than me. but then i wanted to ask you a little bit about your opinions on this new administration now that we're getting a little bit because here in this podcast i never get the chance to get a little bit more political because no one really knows about it talks about it and i'm a big fan i mean i'm never afraid to talk about politics like Yes, ma'am. On March, I did a full month called Women's March, uh, all about women, women in business, women intersectional feminism, women with Me Too, and everyone was like, "Wow, you're talking about this," and I'm like, "Yeah, why wouldn't I be talking about this? Like, this is the most important thing I could be talking about in the Women's History Month, you know? Like, and so I wanted to ask your opinions on." How do you think this new administration with Biden is going to change with immigration? Do you see a change happening? You don't see a change happening? And who is someone right now, which I think I know your answer because I think we admire the same person in the United States government right now. But do you find someone in the in the Capitol, in the Senate, anywhere that you admire, that you look up to and you're like, wow, I hope he or she is the future of what we see in this country? Yeah. Well, for starters... You know, I think it's a very complicated conversation when we think about progressive politicians because mm. off the bat, we're thinking, well, look, something is better than nothing. And that's where I'm, I'm against that. We shouldn't be at a place in society with the amount of information that we have, donde decimos, por lo menos un poquito es mejor que nada, when we mm. should be storming. Yeah. We should be storming the phones of Senate. We should be storming the phone of congressmen and congresswomen that we pay taxes to exist in government. Yeah. And then we're like, it's okay, it's better, it's something. No, that's just, that's exactly the downfall of democracy. That's why we- And also we have such a direct line nowadays that at the time, like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, no one would even think to phone Absolutely. a senator. And now I'm like, hello. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Google and you're like, okay, I want to know this person's phone number, right. phone number, and you get it. Uh, before I'm like, oh my God, maybe see si me tengo que calmar. Like maybe I do need to take a breath and just chill out because this can't be solved overnight. But now I realize no, I'm not wrong for being mad all the time and passionate all the time. <laughs> La gente se tiene que levantar y parar de verdad. You know what I mean? Like and understand. You're a little too calm for how much your rights are getting violated. You are oh. a little too calm. Oh for my how god, much, yes. <laughs> how much legacy you're leaving to next generations. Politically, as a society, the environment we're leaving for next generations is disgusting. Mm. 
And the craziest part is it wasn't our generation. It was the generations that passed. It's generations of elected officials in ciudades pequeñas y locales que se abusan del poco salario que le dan a las le dan la propia el propio gobierno para disfrutarse y comerse quién sabe qué mientras que la gente se está muriendo de hambre. So that's going to change. That's going to change and it starts with elected officials like Biden. I wasn't I wasn't team Biden. I wasn't. I wasn't team anyone. I just don't feel like anyone would have been better than Trump. So entonces la gente estaba ciega, ¿verdad? El Biden y todos estábamos ya traumados. Hasta el mundo estaba traumado de ver a Trump y sus payasadas, ¿verdad? En la administración. Porque, ¿verdad? Francamente, eso parece una novela mezclada con un American soap opera, ¿verdad? Pero... It was a soap opera all the time. Oh, my God. It was the whole stand-up oh comedy show. And it's embarrassing and it's ridiculous because, again, it's setting the bar for what we're expecting our freaking president of the United States should be. And that's our, you know, calling myself yeah. an American. But like, you know, my biggest fear with Biden is the fear of so many activists and people that are radical, which is that people are going to get comfortable and that they're going to think that because they can call an, an elected official, oh, this is my tia. Uy, me cae tan bien. Uy, sí, que chévere. No, that's not your uncle. That's not your aunt. That is an elected official. So with Biden, I breathed the first day, but the second I was already mad again. Because no me importa que sea progresivo, los progresivos, as Malcolm X said himself, el reverendo Malcolm X, que murió literalmente siendo un radical y no aceptando un dólar del gobierno ni de políticos para que se afiliara a ellos, no aceptó un dólar, vivía en un apartamento del size que si ve la película usted llora, right? Because he believed in the power of liberating an entire population of people from the hands of systemic racism, right? If he said this, You know it's the same thing now. That's what's crazy. He said, don't be afraid of conservatives. No tenga miedo de los racistas públicos. Tenga miedo del progresivo. Porque el progresivo le sonríe usted en su cara y levanta su, su, su puño con usted una protesta y por detrás paga al que tenga que pagar que sea millonario para mantener todo nivelado, right? So with Biden... My cha my energy hasn't changed. I'm trying to I'm trying to recover from my mental health, you know, crisis that I I and many and all of us have gone through through COVID. But as I get back up for work, I am just as angry because Biden administration doesn't mean liberation. Mm -hmm. Biden administration doesn't mean a full change in policy. It just means we don't have someone who's out of their mouth speaking things the way like Trump did, right? But Biden very much is yeah. still poniendo unos rótulos en, la, en los campos de detención, ¿verdad? Que dice, estás bienvenido aquí, mientras que ponen a niños y a familias, uh, refugiados, eh, buscadores de asilo, my God, en unos campos de internamiento y llamando bienvenido a Estados Unidos. Eso no es bienvenido a Estados Unidos. That is exactly what the United States of America has a history of doing. Abusing populations at the cost of capitalism. So that's my feeling about the Biden administration. <laughs> okay, the next one is um, the who do I admire? I admire this person because at first I'm like, is this person really real, right? Are they really a radical? De verdad, esa persona es tan radical como muestra, es esto y griega, lo que sea. But they've proven to be that. And it's just crazy to see somebody like that in office. She's the first of a wave of a generation of people that will not take no for an answer. I know who you're going to say. <laughs> and that is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That woman is just... I love like, her. <laughs> wow. Like, the more I see press about her, I think I'm still in shock. Like, I'm like, is she real? Is she real? Please say she's yeah. real. Like, is this really happening? Because she's going into a room full of white men. And she's saying, understand me, Senator, when I say, right? And her bill, ba, 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 ba. And she just starts going ham about policy. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, yo, you're, you're, you could be Congresswoman for the next 100 years. Though that's not our stilo. But like, yeah. This is so exciting. It's inspiring yeah. and it's a Speechless. <laughs> Nos quedamos sin palabras, pero de verdad, amiga, es una, una, un símbolo y una recordatoria que ser radicales y pensar, no, eso no debe ser así. En gobierno, en compañías, 
en cualquier lugar no es radical. Es absurdo que por tanto tiempo el abuso de poder ha sido llamado it is what it is. Es lo que es. Así son las No, no more. No more. No more. No, ma'am. Latinos are going to be literally the largest minority in Estados Unidos. En 2025, los latinos van a ser la minoría más grande de los Estados Unidos. Que eso retumbe de los techos de las redes de televisión más grandes de Estados Unidos y que las poblaciones escuchen que ellos son poderosos en números. That's what they don't want us to hear. Por eso la prensa es poderosa. Por eso, por eso estas conversaciones, Camila, su podcast en, en Argentina, los podcasts que estén por todo lugar son importantes. Es importante adueñarnos de nuestras voces, de nuestras historias, de nuestras perspectivas, para que de esa forma la gente entienda que cuando hay una protesta no es contra ellos. Que ellos entiendan quién es el enemigo y que entienda que es masas contra un por ciento de personas en poder, ¿verdad? Y que eso no debe ser así. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow, yes, yes, <laughs> I, I cannot agree more. Being here in Argentina and being from Latin America, you see so many people complaining. Here there's so much political corruption and everyone is girl. like, oh, but it is what it is. What are we going to do? And I'm like, girl, it's not what it is. Like, we need to do something. <laughs> like, you know, like we're here just looking people taking little bags of money out of government and taking it. You're like, Uh, it's not it was what it is we need to do something and i feel like sometimes people don't even know where argentina or any latin america country is in the map like the people from the i'm gonna say northern hemisphere even though there's a lot of countries that in america that are in the northern hemisphere but like europe and the united states they don't really know they don't really care they're on their own stuff and it's totally okay i mean every country is on their own stuff but here there's so much corruption and so many things going on that we've gone through so many experiences that make us have a different different life experience like i see on the tv and i see all of these things going on and corruption with vaccines like we've gone so far to that you know and you're like the single thing that's gonna save us from this we're gonna use it as a like power battle like no and yeah i just i'm so glad that you're not complacent with what's going on and i hope Damn. to see more people like that <laughs> and there will be we just have to keep going esto es, algo, esto es algo colectivo this is something collective we can't one thing i've learned this past year more than ever because i knew it pero siempre es difícil verdad no termina por no, to not waste anybody else's time, you sometimes end up taking the lead on things, but this is a collective movement. This is a global movement. This is an outcry that we don't want abuse anymore. We don't accept injustice anymore, right? That systemic inequality has to change, right? Y que ya no más vamos a quedarnos calladitas más bonitas. No, we're going to fight, right? We're going to fight because... Las cosas no deberían ser de la forma que han sido pintadas en nuestras mentes. Nosotros aceptamos las realidades que han sido contadas de nuestros ancestros, ¿verdad? Y, y lo llamamos nuestro futuro, pero nosotros llamamos un nuevo futuro. Un futuro en que la injusticia no es tomado como el día normal, sino que es visto como un... Hmm, uh -uh. ¿Qué pasó en ese lugar? Oh, we have a community that's going to fight against that. And we're not going to accept that. Y no vamos a esperar yeah. que el congresista tal y tal. Si el congresista tal y tal no quiere hacer su trabajo, ah, bien lo vamos a hacer. Y cuando él eh, reniegue de que quiere ser reelegido, pa patas afuera va a quedar de, lo, de la oficina de gobierno. Porque él mismo sabe que ya no tiene ni un pelo de relevancia en cómo sostienen las comunidades. But that starts with conversations like this. It doesn't start with a big protest. Yeah. Algunas veces, pero algunas veces solo es una conversación. Y alguien más va a escuchar esto, Camila, va a decir, oh, wow. And, and then they're going to hear me say this. Yeah. The biggest thing I say, you need to start within you. You need to tell yourself, no voy a aceptar la realidad que fui, da, fui dada para mí. No voy a aceptar lo que me han dicho que tengo que aceptar. Yo voy a levantarme y voy a declarar un diferente tiempo. En congreso, en oficinas de negocio, en compañías, en la prensa, vamos a llegar a los lugares y los vamos a llamar por lo que queramos que sean. Si son lugares de libertad, we have to step in and tell these people that are in, in, in power, that's wrong. That's not right. Y aprender, ¿verdad? Que ellos trabajan para nosotros, nosotros no para ellos. Debe ser al revés. El momento que el, 
como dice that movie, Radical Movie, yeah. en Rusia, la película de Rusia dice, el gobierno trabaja para nosotros, el gobierno debe temer al pueblo. El momento que el pueblo tema al gobierno, eso yeah. se llama anarquía, eso se llama dictadura. If that is what our countries are experiencing, the revolution has come, because it's time to get up and speak the truth, yeah. period. Period, girl. Yeah. Oh my God, I agree so much with everything you're saying and yes, I love this yeah. conversation so much yes. that I don't even know where, where to continue. <laughs> but, no, this was a uh, great conversation. I'm, I'm really I wanted to talk. Yeah, and again, seeing I follow uh, Population Mike or however it's called in Spanish, I don't know, how you call it? Microfono? Population. Population or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I the other day... I, I don't even know what day is today, but the other day I saw you post something about what are Latin women fighting against. And there was a post about Argentina and I shared it on my story and everyone was like, wow, this is what Argentina, Argentinian women are going through. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not the same. I mean, even though sometimes people don't want to talk about it, there mm -hmm. is a privilege of being in America and getting to experience life in America that some people that are from Latin America don't get to experience and people from America don't even try to understand what it is to be from Latin America you know Absolutely. they are just like oh your life is probably the same as mine and you just want to come right. here just to take my space away yep. because I want to move to America one day you know you see all my wall is New York I see New York and that's the place that I want to go and everyone is like wow but you just why do you want to come here and I'm like because there's so much opportunity and there's this and this and that and, this. and everyone thinks that it's against them against their place in New right. York or whatever. and I'm like girl <laughs> you don't understand what it's like to be from here and it's i don't know it's just different and i just i don't know i, I love it that you understand that so much and so differently and now i want to talk a little bit more about population mike like how did you found it and why did you found it and of course if you feel any like maybe imposter syndrome or something like that being the founder of such an important organization like Yes, How do you go through that? <laughs> claro, of course. Well, I started Population Mike in 2014 because the president of, the, of Costa Rica didn't know what DACA was. That's exactly why oh. I started it. I started it because stories are owned by networks that no, look nothing like the people that tell the stories. I started it because I was scared to talk. I started it because I didn't understand the power of writing. And it took me forever. And I'm still learning how to be okay with putting out my poetry, right? But... I always feel imposter syndrome. I'm always two seconds away from just saying, that's it. I'm not doing anymore. I'm locking it out. I'm signing out and I'm just going to go like, just, just leave me alone. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? But then I remember that that's exactly you sue the president of the United States and you have to remember writing that. <laughs> president of the United States of America and I won. I'm just kidding. I definitely forget that literally. I definitely remember it when I tell it in a story. Isn't that crazy? But... <laughs> You're right. Like, that's what I should be saying more. But sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, what if I don't have enough to help? And it's like we help not because we have enough, but because helping is a, is a weapon. Ayudamos no porque tenemos suficiente, pero porque es una arma en el movimiento de derechos humanos. When I've processed that, I've kept going because I've realized that I am not standing every single day going on Instagram, building community, when I was traveling, meeting these communities that I easily could have been like, well, yo no los conozco. Yo no tengo nada que ver. Eso no es mi problema. Eso no es mi culpa. Yo no sé qué. I could have done that, but in, yeah. I just didn't feel that. It's not in my nature, but also like, it is my problem, right? Human race used to function like that until we all just worried about our individual asses. Sorry for the curse word. No worries. Here's a safe space to say whatever you want. In that case, I'm just kidding. But like the point of population, Mike, is long term. I want it to be a think tank. Un tanque de pensamientos para los contactos. Oh my God. Yes. El micrófono population va a servir para darle becas a contadores de historias de ciudades humildes y ciudades, you know, que quieren contar historias que, para que tengan acceso y puedan correr sus propios um, canales y run ads, run whatever, lo que sea que ayude a que se escuchen las historias de, de las comunidades, ¿verdad? Y um, que las personas sean dueñas de sus propias historias. Pero a plazo corto, I create Zoom calls and I host conversación con contadores de historia de todo el mundo. And we just talk. We introduce ourselves. We ask some silly questions. Um, 
Also, I'm partnering with spaces like PRZM, que son más de marketing y de la generación Z, Gen Z, all of us. And um, hablando de cómo unir recursos, unir comunidades. Y ahí vamos, vamos lento. Pero es que el movimiento es lento. El movimiento es not overnight. No es de amanecer mañana y ser Greta Thunberg, right? No. <laughs> it's literally like the small efforts, bro. And it's my heart. Because who the hell wants to do small efforts when you see people suffering? I'm always stressed about something. Whether it's yeah. family, friends, community, myself. I'm always wanting to fix the world overnight. And then I've been learning by my freaking like hard head that I just got to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lento es más seguro. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. I feel like it's hard. I was talking about this with other guests when we were talking about the Me Too movement, about women coming out, being victims of sexual assault. And I asked yeah. them like yeah. if they think it was more of a watershed or a flood, you know? And they were like, I mean, what is, I mean, if it was only a flood, it wouldn't continue today. And it's a watershed. It's something that goes over time, little by little, but it never really stops. And I feel like that's, that's that. And also I feel like I admire your work so much because there's nothing better personally. And I feel like a lot of people feel like that than feeling like you are seen and like you are represented and that people see you, people see your struggle, people see Argentinians, women struggle. And you're like, wow, exactly. this person really knows it. And the person really understands it because exactly. you even dismiss what you go through every day, you know, yeah. yes, your femicides are so intense and you're like, yeah, well, that's our experience. And that's how the feminist movement came and you just live your life through that. And then it's like, wait, stop. This is not normal. This is not okay. We have to fix it. So. Thank you for oh, your work. No, thank you for you made me feel seen. I wish you could move to the U.S. so we could just be best friends. That's what oh I. Oh my want. god! Yes, that's my dream. Because <laughs> I need, like, you just helped me see that, and it's just like the truth. We all need each other because we all see things maybe the other person won't see. Eso lo difícil que uno se absorbe tanto en todo lo que hace que no ve la propia historia de uno. But today I, I got to see myself, my story with you. So thank you for letting me share it and like again, like feel like I was able to be seen because that's yeah. the hardest thing to feel. <laughs> yeah. And thank you. Thank you here. I feel like sometimes in my podcast, I feel like I am not qualified enough to talk about American politics, even though I'm probably the person that no. reads the most about American politics than any American. <laughs> and I feel like, oh my God, I am not qualified. And it's like, girl, you know so much. You know how you know you're qualified? Si los americanos tienen la audacidad de ir a poner bombas y empezar guerras en países externos, the United States politics becomes a global conversation. You are absolutely equipped to talk about uh, estadounidense politics. Girl, please. Okay? Oh, my God. Thank you so much. But we've been talking for so long that I think we need to wrap this. But I think we need to do, like, a part two about this. I don't know. When something happens, I'm just going to be like, let's talk about this. But I wanted to get a little bit of your advice for my listeners. For anyone that wants to start being an activist about any kind of cause that they really care about, it can be, again, human's right, women's right, I mean, any, any, anything going on right now. What's your advice for them to just, first of all, have the courage to speak up? Because I don't feel like it's easy to share your story so openly with so many people. And how to kind of build a community out of that. Well, for one, first thing is first. Don't feel pressure to speak out about anything. Nunca sienta la presión. Nadie, usted no le debe su historia a nadie. Para empezar en el derecho, en la lucha de los derechos humanos, es empezar con nuestras historias. Muchas veces, we want to fight for everyone and we don't even know the things we've experienced. And that's okay because trauma is heavy. But I would definitely say to whoever's hearing this, like, take some time to think about what you went, like your experience, right? What were you impacted by? Was it the health system? Right? Was it the school system? And understanding your story will help you to understand también qué yo quiero ser parte de. Yo quiero aportar con qué? Con arte? Quiero aportar con mi writing? Con los dos? Right? And be patient with yourself because it's not going to happen overnight, pero va a pasar. Because for those who want to change the world, the world is ready to be changed. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Wow. This was amazing. But now moving on to a more rapid fire question section, like more silly questions to kind of end up the episode because we've been talking for so long. 
I'm just going to ask you 10 questions and just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So first, what's your go-to coffee order? My go-to coffee order is a cappuccino almond milk with brown sugar. <laughs> wow. What's the last show you binged and loved? The last show, The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> When you think of the word successful, who's the first person that comes to your mind? Damn. I didn't think of anyone. Let me think. Oh. <laughs> successful, successful, successful. Uh... Oh my goodness. I can't think of anyone. <laughs> That speaks more about our word than about you. <laughs> Because when I think of success, I think of somebody who's, who's working for human rights, but who's mm -hmm. also not necessarily an activist full time. I can't think of anyone. Okay. I'll say, I'll say uh, Laura Stiles. She's, mm -hmm. uh, she's the only female uh, radio host of 97.1, which is the biggest radio station in the country. And she's mm -hmm. from her family's from Nicaragua and her story. Every time I see her, I just want to cry because she's just mm -hmm. like, I don't know. One of the first Centroamericanas to do that. And like, she didn't even realize it. Typical, typical of our people. Tan humilde que ni ha notado que es una trailblazer, right? And yeah. um, I just love her so much. To me, she's yeah. successful because she's the culture. How humble but amazing she is, is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. What are some common misconceptions about you? People are like, you're so confident. You're so strong. <laughs> you're so happy. Like, <laughs> Girl, I'm human like what the hell like I'm always like not even tired but I think depression is definitely something that I've went through in the past three years and like I never I, this is something I don't share a lot but nunca casi siento lo, what I do like I do a big campaign and I feel it for a second and then that's it I forget about it and people are like oh that's humble but I'm like it's also who wants to do that right? like you want to feel what you do you don't want to have huge things happen and you have a hard time feeling. So misconceptions are just that I'm not a human. Like the way people perceive me, I'm like, what the hell do you think this is? I'm not no, okay. Like I'm not Kim Kardashian. I don't have like a whole team and I'm like also human. I'm not out here. Like I am a really happy person. I cope with joy a lot, but you know, I have a really hard time. You have your moments. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of moments though, especially lately. I'm like, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. And again, I feel like this year and the, the past year and this year has actually kind of forced us to slow down. And you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> I needed to feel this. <laughs> What are some of your favorite lyrics of all time? Oh, my God, Daniel Caesar. Can I play it? Hold on. Yeah. I'm about to play it. This is my favorite song. Well, first of all, I love Beyonce's song, um... I was here, but I love this one. Oh my gosh, I need to forward it. <laughs> That's my song. Oh my god. Oh, I love it. Right? Oh my god. It's so good. <laughs> And then this one. By Beyonce. Yeah. I'm actually gonna maybe that on a lot in the world forum next week. So I'm gonna sing this. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's so good. It's it's gonna be quick. something to remember so they won't forget I was here 
I love it. <laughs> I love it so much because it's so, it's tan, it's tan significante a que todos hemos estado en la tierra, right? And she's just saying like, yo quiero que sepan that que yo estaba aquí, que yo amé, que yo viví, que yo ayudé, que yo serví. And it's just like, oh, every time I hear that song, that's my anthem. Like, I was here. I lived. I loved. I did everything I wanted. And it was all that I wanted to be, you know? And algo tan poderoso como el World Forum, it's really a message. Like, we're not just robots. We're not here to just work. We're here to love. Have you seen the movie Soul? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. I had my little cousin here and she was like, What is a soul? And I'm like, uh, I'm crying. I cannot explain to you what a soul is right now. <laughs> I'm currently crying. Give me a second. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. But oh moving on. I love that song. I know I need to like just sit down and listen to it. And also again, just having wanting to work in international relations and diplomacy, you always feel like you're never going to make that mark in the world. You're like, oh my God, I'm never going to do enough. Right. Like, you said it. Oh my God, I love this conversation so much. We need to break <laughs> the pieces and put it all over my Instagram because... Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. But another silly question now moving on because if not, we would keep on crying. <laughs> if you could live in any movie, which would it be? If I could live in any movie? Yes. Oh my god live in any movie all of the movies i love are crazy so i wouldn't want to live in them <laughs> i think i would want to live in moana oh yeah i love that yes that's yeah. a good one <laughs> would you rather a rewind button for your life or a pause button for your life crap oh my god Okay, I guess I guess pause. <laughs> pause. And then if you could be one person for one day, who would it be? Just one day. If I could be one person for one day. Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. What? And the last one says <laughs> we're talking about human rights and all of that, and she's like Will Smith. <laughs> I love that. And then the last one says, "What's a song that never fails to make you dance?" Mm. I think <laughs> I like Dembo. Have you heard of Dembo? No. It's Dembo's like Dominican I... music. So there's this song called Brasilera, oh. and every time I hear it, I'm like. Oh my god, I think I know. Yeah. Song is crazy. <laughs> yes. But that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so so much for being here with me. Do you wanna tell people where they can find you on socials yeah. and everywhere? So for folks listening, you can find me at Miss Sarah Mora across all social media platforms. And you can also find me at Population Mike and the Boss of House on Instagram. So I'll see you there and make sure to message me if you want to talk about anything. Yes, thank you so much for being here and to everyone listening. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.